0: You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day.
0: Welcome in, folks, to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, I will be recapping Notre Dame's victory against Wake Forest in basketball. We will then shift our focus to hitting on some football recruiting and then wrapping up with a fun conversation relating to the announcement of EA releasing a college football video game soon to come in a few years. Before we get into that, folks, I am Joe DeLeon. Former college long snapper from the University of Rhode Island, joined by Ryan Roberts for the second part of the show. Who is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible? So, getting into I think what is the most important thing to discuss on today's episode, and I can tell you right now, folks, I am so excited and juiced up to record this segment. It was a long day. I was up early, Uh, you know, and I I get to. It's like seven o'clock right now just finishing up the game, and I didn't have a lot of energy. I was pretty dead tired, looking forward to ending my day off, but I knew I had to record this segment. And watching this game and being able to talk about this game and the remaining stretch of games for this season gave me so much energy. It has me so juiced up just thinking about the implications for this fighting Irish team. There was a period of time where there was very limited hope, and they went on a long streak of losses in the ACC. And it was tough to be optimistic. But right now, they've climbed and clawed their way out of it, and there is a chance for them to do not only just to salvage this season, but to actually do some damage and actually do some stuff. And not going to get too far ahead of ourselves. I want to talk about right now, I'm going to discuss the game, all the key things that went into it, and then additionally, I want to talk a little bit about the Playoff picture, the tournament picture for the ACC specifically, the standings, how they look in the in Notre Dame's next few games. So this one, huge victory, 77 to 58, almost by 20 points. They led by 28 points at one point over Wake Forest. Now currently six and nine on the season. I believe their current conference record is 4-6. and six. Do we remember when that was 0-5? Because I remember when that was 0-5. And, <laughs> and the crazy thing here, the two key determining things that have been a part of this current stretch of good games, I don't know where you fit in the Virginia Tech losses, but the current stretch of wins, the two strange things that have happened that did not happen in the whole beginning portion of the season is that Jawan Durham played his ass off, had a really good game, and they exploded at the start of the second half. So Jawan Durham, as I said, 18 points from the big fella, 9 rebounds. And honestly, I know it sounds weird, but my philosophy when talking about athletes and players on teams that I cover is, I will give guys a hard time when they consistently make have issues, but when those guys prove me wrong, it gives me a, you know, pretty good excitement. It makes me really happy. I'm not going to be the type of person that, that tries to find excuses for why something good happened for a player that it sounds like I don't like. No, I'm excited that Jawan Durham played well. All over the boards, and that was one of the things that we mentioned in this game is that they are not a very good rebounding team. They lack height, and Jawan Durham stepped up in an important situation where he needed to look really good and he needed to rebound well. Leszewski also had a really good rebounding day, but coming out hot in the second half, as I said, I think was so, so key for this game because it was pretty tight after the first half. 35-32, they're trading a lot of baskets. They hit about the same amount of three-pointers. Wasn't really like Notre Dame was exploding past them offensively, especially in this first half. But then, when you get to that point where you outscore your opponent 44 to 26 in a whole half of basketball, that's how you almost win a game by 20 points. That effort and the ability to come flying out the gate has been so crucial for the current string of success the games that they have played the best in over these past few games has been because they came flying out the gate, hitting almost all of their shots to start the half and then not losing their energy. They have not wavered despite building leads. And that is the issue that we talked about a lot at the beginning of the year. And I would also credit that a little bit to the fact that the bench is contributing a little bit more. Not a whole lot, but the thing that I think helps is that Cormac Ryan is coming off the bench and they're starting Trey Wirtz. I don't know if Mike Bray is going to change that because Cormac Ryan is doing a little bit better offensively than Wurts is, but Cormac Ryan, three three-pointers on five attempts, 13 points, Having something off the bench when you have your second group in or some of your bench players in is really important, and we saw that at the beginning of the year. That was the big problem, was that guys were dead tired after playing 20 minutes in the first half. They would come out, they'd look really groggy to start the second half, and then they would just completely fall apart the entire remaining stretch of the game. And now that they can actually rotate guys in, more guys are playing, they're not doing a whole lot, and I think Bray has figured out the rotation where the entire bench doesn't have to be on the floor at once. But the big important thing is that Cormac Ryan continues to contribute and do really good stuff off the bench. And I would argue, I hope that he stays on the bench because he has done much better serving as the sixth man, if you will, of this team rather than what he was doing previously and playing as a starter. So that Trey Wirtz, Cormac thing is something that I really want to continue to monitor. And last piece before I talk about the next stretch of games. The one surprising stat that just does not happen in this game. Notre Dame out-rebounds Wake Forest 35-21. to That is a massive deficit. I don't know off the top of my head, but I would probably guess that is notre dame's largest margin of out-rebounding a team this season and again that was a really important thing we discussed coming into this game we said that this has a lot of the makings of a successful victory for notre dame because their opponent doesn't rebound well they don't have any tall players they turn the ball over a lot although they only turned it over six times in this game and then uh you know additionally if notre dame shoots well and their their opponent does not shoot well And they shot 50% from the field, 43% from three. Those are good metrics to hit. Those are the things that we've talked about. Shooting well from the field, rebounding, getting more from Jawan Durham. But now as we get to the the next few games, we look at the standings. Notre Dame's win pushes them ahead of NC State. They are now ahead of NC State in the 11th spot in the ACC. So they go from last, a few weeks ago, to now in the 11th spot. And above them is Clemson at four and five. And that's important. We're gonna to get to that in a second. And there's a string of three four and four teams. Pitt, who they already beat, Syracuse, and Georgia Tech. Those names are also all important. So depending on what happens for all of these teams over the next few weeks, actually, not even a few weeks, next few games. Hypothetically speaking, and this is—I uh, don't know—the statistical chance of this, and I'm not trying to get too ahead of myself. But because they're they Notre Dame right now is four and six. These teams are four and four. Clemson is four and five. If enough good things happen and things go in their way, they can move from eleven to seven. That's probably not going to happen. But my point here is because there's that clump of teams with a similar record. Notre Dame is in a really good spot to continue to move up the ladder and that is where they have to get themselves just to continue to gradually chip away at the standings that are currently in the ACC. And now for this final not for this final stretch because there's a good number of games left to be played but for the next few games Saturday they play Georgia Tech so that's one of the names I uh, teams I mentioned. they go go out and play well they beat Georgia Tech. That gives them the, the the tiebreaker. And then if hypothetically Georgia Tech loses their next game, they are both have a very similar record, they could then pass them. They play Duke on Tuesday, which is going to be a difficult game. They, they looked very sloppy against them the first time. And then lastly, Miami, Clemson, Syracuse. Miami 100% going to be a winnable game. Clemson, Syracuse, those are both very important because if you win both of those basketball games, again, you get the tiebreaker advantage over them. So right now, Notre Dame is really in a really good position to control their own destiny. I see one game on here that is going to be hard to win, that is going to be very difficult to win, which is Duke. They did not play well against Duke the first time. That does not mean that they can't play well against them the second time. But Miami, they've smacked. Georgia Tech is a very beatable opponent. Clemson, a very beatable opponent. And then Syracuse is probably the better out of the group. So right now... The next step is these next few games. And if they can come out of this with one to two losses, that clump, they're mo- they're not going to move up to seven, but they could be over that 10 spot. That is the next step that Notre Dame needs to work towards. So these next few games are going to be very, very key, and we are going to continue to provide you with updates. As we're rooting for the Fighting Irish, I'm sure that you are, they are in a spot where they can actually climb themselves out entirely from the huge deficit that they put themselves in at the start of the season. Coming up, we will discuss an offer made to a big 2023 recruit before we do so. Folks, Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners about Built Bar?
1: Well, Built Bar is the absolute best protein bar on the market. If you haven't had it before, they actually have just improved the flavor and even given you more flavors to choose from. They're now up to 18 amazing flavors, both nut and non-nut flavors, the 12 original uh, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate cake, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salt caramel, a few others, including the best protein bar I've ever had personally, peanut butter brownie. They literally have a flavor profile for any palate. They are all equally delicious as they are good for you, as well as the six new flavors, which I've actually tried recently. And I am a, a rave review on these bars. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream. Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp are the six new ones. They are all covered. And 100% real chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy and gal on the go. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in one of these delicious treats. All the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber, and they're also great for the keto diet. Uh, flavor like peanut butter for instance 19 grams of protein but only 180 calories only 5 grams of sugar only 5 gram net carbs coconut almond cherry barcia cookies and cream whatever your flavor is they all have very similar nutritional facts to be as equally delicious as they are good for you right now with limited time offer while supplies last you can get a free cooler with a purchase so make sure to take advantage of that today in order to do so you should go to builtbar.com use promo code locked on that's all capital locked on no spaces and you'll get 20% off for your next order use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com
0: Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all of the sports news that you need in under 30 minutes. Sorry, 20 minutes rather. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your Podcast. So, Ryan, we've got an update on an offer made to a recruit, and we are not talking 2022 guys right now. We're talking a 2023 guy, and I feel like typically not a lot of guys are getting offers this early as soon to be juniors, previously sophomores, in terms of their, their recruiting eligibility. It's interesting to talk about this because I think most of our focus is going to be on the 2022 class, but because of where this guy sits and in terms of the interest he's getting as well as his interest in coming to Notre Dame, it's worth covering Luke Montgomery, the 2023 defensive end, 6 foot 5, 260 big big kid for uh, somebody who's who's got two more years of high school football to go. And the reason why I wanted to bring him up, because it seemed like he was really interested when he got the offer. He was excited. Mike Singer from Irish Illustrated put out an article, and he said that um, – uh, Montgomery said that I have some family in South Bend playing defensive line there. Everyone uh, who comes out of there and plays in the NFL in the history of Notre Dame, it's crazy to think about. So seems pretty interested, was really juiced up when he got the offer from Marcus Freeman. What do you think so far, though, of this of this kid considering his size um, and, and maybe the chances of him deciding to play for Notre Dame?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, especially recruiting this far into the future, because if you're talking about just like from the general recruiting services, like for 24 7 sports, for instance, we don't have a star rating on this kid, obviously, this far out. But what you know immediately just looking at the offer list is hey, only going to be a junior in high school. Already has 12 offers, including Cincinnati, Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, West Virginia. There's a ton of teams. Ohio State's also very interested, but has not offered yet. So there is teams that are coming after Luke Montgomery very early and very hard here. You know, that's a lot of offers for a kid that is just about to go into the summer of his junior year. So um, obviously there is things about him that you can't teach. Six five, two sixty, like you said. I know that he plays both defensive end and tight end for his school. So for a kid like this, being this big and this athletic, I think that there are probably some schools that are recruiting him as a tight end. I'm sure there are some that are, are obviously are recruiting him as a defensive end. I hope not. So I'm, I'm sure
0: <laughs> at, at tight end. Sorry, not defensive end.
1: <laughs> well, well, he plays tight end for his for his high school. I,
0: I understand ball. that, but like, I'd rather him play defensive end. I mean, that, that oh, no.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no. I wasn't saying that was my personal reference. No, I I'm know, I know. I'm I know. sure that there are some schools that have talked to him about tight ends. I'm sure there are some that have talked to him about defensive end. I'm sure there's some that have talking right. about offensive tackle eventually. Like, I think that that's probably a train of thought that has gone through a guy like Montgomery. When I see him play, I'm just like, dude, you're big, you're physical. You're almost built to play right now. Obviously, you know, maturity-wise, he's not. But like 6'5", 260, like that sells itself. I think eventually if he lands at Notre Dame – He's listed as a strong side defensive end, which Notre Dame does have in their system. I think he's going to move inside because I just I just see that growth potential with him. I think he's going to carry two ninety plus three hundred pounds plus with pretty easily. Um, so he might be in the mold more of a like a Jerry Tillery, who's like a longer mm. de- defensive tackle that you know could maybe play outside in spurts because he's so long and athletic. But I think that there's a huge upside with this kid. and you know if he's that excited about it with that quote that, that you mentioned from from Mike that he put out there, super excited, especially early on, you know when we're only, we're looking two years out. So that's telling me that, hey, th- this kid must be legit because Notre Dame isn't always like, hey, let's be ahead of the curve. Usually they kind of pick and choose who they offer very very carefully. But for this kid, they were like, we have to offer you now. And it looks like Montgomery has a lot of upside to, be, to, uh, to get excited about.
0: And I, I think this, again, comes back to as we're going to continually talk when these defensive guys get offered to the change in philosophy for recruiting from Marcus Freeman, who is a lot more aggressive than anybody previously. He was already aggressive enough to offer this kid a while ago when he was at Cincinnati. Um, And to have that interest and the rapport was already set up there between them, apparently, because they he has that Cincinnati offer. Now he he's getting the one from Notre Dame. And I don't hate it. I don't, you know, I don't hate the approach of doing that. I think that there are inherent advantages, especially if a kid is interested in a school, if you can get a kid before he gets his star rating, even to have some serious interest, and he's probably not going to commit for a while But if he becomes like a four-star, maybe a five-star recruit, which it already sounds like there's a pretty good chance that he's at least a four-star just based on the high level of interest that he's getting, you're not going to get this many offers if you're going to be lower than a four-star recruit or possibly a top 50 recruit. So ultimately, start going after the guys that are eventually going to turn into becoming... The the, um, the the top 20 guys and I think that Luke Montgomery is going to be an early example that that Marcus Freeman is going to chase after these players to bolster every recruiting class as much as possible. Get the big guys first, don't get beat out by any of these other programs and then fill out the rest of the the, the spots wherever you need to.
1: He's obviously a guy that Coach Freeman's very, you know, he's very familiar with at this point. Finley, Finley uh, Prep out there in Ohio, obviously with Freeman previously at Cincinnati, and it was I think Cincinnati was their the, his third official offer after Toledo and Penn State. So Coach Freeman was in on this kid early, and if and obviously you know he is he is everything that you want at, at, on the defensive line. I think there's versatility to be had with him, and and you know right now with what Marcus Freeman is coming in to do, obviously we talked we've been talking a lot about like what coaches changes are coming who's come, who's going to come in in what spots you know who's taking over for um for uh, Terry Joseph like that those have been the conversations but we've already seen like hey they got the, the stud defensive end early on right in uh Ty- Tyson Ford right was his name so they got Tyson Ford now they bring in uh, this kid Montgomery like they they're building strong they're being big they're bringing a lot of length on that defensive line sort of like we see what Cincinnati brings right now with a guy like MyJay Sanders. Like I feel like that's the archetype that we're looking for at the defensive end position for this team. And again, another hats off to Coach Freeman. Obviously, it's not a commit yet, but getting in good early on with Luke with uh, Montgomery is going to be a great step in continuing to build what is becoming a very good defensive tradition over Notre Dame the last few years.
0: So again, very exciting to see this. And, and we're probably not going to, talk a ton about this guy or any other 2023s but once maybe there's a commitment or anything further we will definitely provide some sort of an update the priority obviously is going to be a uh, you know the 2022 guys and going into far more depth because really anything can happen with a guy that's 2 years out uh, currently from being able to even be in a position to come to Notre Dame coming up we are going to talk about uh, a fun little topic relating to the NCAA uh, EA game being announced, possibly coming back in the next few years. Before we get to that, folks, I want to talk to you about Bet Online. This weekend, we have a huge matchup for the Super Bowl. And if you're going to bet on it, don't do the silly squares game. Go bet on Bet Online. There's only one place that has you cover, covered and one place that we can trust. That is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Do you think that Patrick Mahomes is going to win his second straight Super Bowl? Do you think maybe Tom Brady will win yet another ring or perhaps you, you have a fun idea for some prop bets that are currently out there. Go bet on them. Go make yourself some money. Put 10, 20 bucks down and get yourself some extra change. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Um. Betting on college basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wager. Subscribe to the new Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. So, Ryan, it became news that EA is going to release a new college football game it wasn't titled as NCAA football it's just EA college football a lot of ambiguity no one really knows for sure where this is going to go in the direction but as somebody who has played this game religiously and still plays it from time to time NCAA 14 I'm excited I'm incredibly juiced up now I don't know about you Ryan I don't know have have you played the game have you are you familiar with with the NCAA franchise
1: Dude, I, I honestly, this was my favorite video game. You know, it really was. Okay, I wasn't good to hear. Even, I, I, like, I like Madden. Madden's cool, you know, but NCAA 14, like you just said, that was, I mean, that's maybe my favorite video game of all time. So running the triple option, you know, you take over the franchise. I used to love to take over the franchise, recruit my my butt off Alabama, and then I'll just run like the triple option and put uh, an athlete no and quarterback. fun like, in that.
0: Easy. There's no fun in running the triple option. It oh, sucks.
1: Oh, I love the triple option in 14, dude. Love it.
0: Too bad you're not going to get the new game, but regardless, this is uh, this is going to be so exciting to see and and play. And I thought it would be fun to to discuss and throw out uh, and pitch if in two years, when the expected window for this to come out is two to three years. So when this comes out, when we when this game is is available and out, the cover athlete is going to be somebody who has. An incredibly great season. It is usually the best college football player um, in the country. Sometimes it's it's consistently the Heisman Trophy winner, but it's usually whoever has the, has the best season and is the most deserving. Or randomly, it's Denard Robinson. Uh, <laughs> so I want to go along this line here and I want to talk, who do we think in two years from now could be the cover athlete for this game? if we were picking Notre Dame players. If we could predict a Notre Dame player to have a crazy good season in two years to a point where they could make it on the cover, let's stick with that two-year window. Let's not go further than that. We're staying optimistic here. And it's worth noting that this game is, is coming out with the intent of focusing on the name and likeness issue that is likely to help this. So there could possibly be some guys that aren't yet able to declare for the NFL draft that could be on the cover. So if you had to pick someone, Ryan, who would you pick?
1: Let me just verify one thing real quick. There, okay. There's a lot of layers to this, okay? There's more right. layers than people might think. So this is for the 2022 college football season. That would be when this is coming out, correct? Uh, like
0: the next one is 2021. That's a good No, It point. would be
1: 2022. No, right? it would like be the, the
0: no, it would be the 2023 game because ah. so man 21 is out now yeah. there's no, there's already not going to be an NCAA football 21 NCAA okay. football 22 is too soon because they have to build the game right it would be NCAA football 23 coming out in 2022 so actually now gotcha. that, that's a really good point now yes. <laughs> so you're right there are layers and I almost forgot this there are layers it is going to be who has the best season during the 2022 Two? two season.
1: season. Yep, so two seasons from now, whoever has that best season. Yes,
0: okay, so we were on the right track.
1: So you're limited a little bit here because my, honestly, like, you know, quarterback, whoever, like that's going to be the name that comes to your mind. So like Tyler Buckner was the first guy. But then I started thinking about it and I was like, maybe Kyle Hamilton. But then in that, He'll that be gone. scenario, he won't be there anymore.
0: And Kyron, I think, would be a fun one to pitch. That, one, I think, that one's possible, I think. There's a chance that he stays for all four years. I think that if he stays for all four years, he would 1,000% be the name I'd put on the cover.
1: Right, right. So Kyle Hamilton's probably not staying all four years. If he did, he might be because it doesn't matter if he's in college during that you know 2023 season. It just matters what he left with 2022 after that season. I'm going to go, though. I'm going to say Michael Mayer. I don't know why. I don't know if a tight end what? has ever been on the front, <laughs> but my man's about to have, like, in two years, 900 plus yards receiving, double-digit touchdowns. Really? you me, Joe, think about So you're like a Kyle
0: Pitts-type season?
1: Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Okay. Because, like, think about it this year, right? This is my, my, my thought process. Who would be on it going into next year? Who's, like, maybe Najee Harris? Like, it's not going to be Mac Jones. It's not going to be Kyle Trask. Maybe yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Maybe like, Devonta De Freeman. Ah man, I would I, I feel, you, they
0: would probably put Trevor Lawrence just for the uh the marketability of the player. That's probably that probably would be the case and this they, they sometimes do the the Heisman edition thing so they might put Devonta Freeman on it.
1: Okay, well I'm I'm gonna, I'm I'm so going to go a little off the trail here cuz I'm going to say like Kyle Pitts might have had an argument this year for next year's uh game. So I'm going to say Michael Mayer's the Michael Mayer's the uh, you know the the wild card here. The I think the easy it, one is like Tyler Buckner.
0: but yeah, it, it's worth noting before you continue maybe pitch pitch some others here. Yeah. Uh, if I recall correctly, back when Denard Robinson made the cover of NCA 14, it was a cover vote. So it was fan voted in that he was the cover athlete. Did Denard Robinson deserve to be on the cover that year? No, not by a long shot. But the Notre Dame, yeah, right. I mean, like, what did he do in college? The Notre Dame player that was nominated was Tyler Eifert. So I think it's possible, but there's probably not going to be a fan vote that picks a specific player for each team and then people go and vote on it, it's probably going to be whoever is outright has a crazy-ass season that is the most recognizable name that's worth putting on the cover.
1: Okay, so Tosh Baker. Tosh Baker's my pick. Um, I'm just kidding. Those was a joke. <laughs> um, I was right. just like, no, what? No, here's the real one. Here's the real one. <laughs> this, this is my last pitch. My last pitch. Because Tyler Buckner's the easy one. Like, we're talking quarterbacks there, right? and hopefully he is good enough to be in that conversation also in a couple of years. Chris Tyree, that's actually my vote. That's actually really? my vote. Because next, I think Kyron's going after next year. He's okay. going to be a third-year player. He's gone. Chris Tyree's got that big playability. I feel like he's going to put together a dynamic season in two years. He's going to break a bunch of long runs, and people are going to be like, whoa, Chris Tyree, <laughs> is he better than Kyron Williams? Like It could be a conversation, I think.
0: Uh, I, I can see that. I could possibly see that, but like I think for him to get on the cover, he would have to be the best running back in the country. I don't know if Tyree has that kind of. Ju- Do you think that he's that kind of juice in him? Dude, he's a four-three kid, man. Just uh, give him the ball. Just give him the ball. Tyree. I don't know. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that one. The, the thing that is difficult is that we're going to be in a weird gap where the most likely guy is Tyler Buckner, but he's going to be a sophomore. Yeah. After that point, and he might not even play his first year. so like that's that's where I'm a little bit torn up. If I had to go with a, a defensive player, I think would make the most sense. But like who could we go with defensively? Tyson Ford's gonna be too too young, way too yeah. young. um, I mean, like what? Prince Kyle?
1: Maybe. ah, That's not fun. uh, Maris Leifel. I like Maris Leifel. Maris Maris
0: (laughs) Leifel. Can we
1: jump back on offense? I got one for you. Okay, okay. One one just came to mind. Drew Pine.
0: All right, that's a good way to wrap up today's show. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, I want to hear, though, folks. uh, Send us a tweet if you listen to this episode. Who do you think in two years has a season good enough from Notre Dame to make it on the cover? Let us hear it. I'm curious to hear. Uh, and I think it's a fun, fun discussion topic on a Wednesday of Super Bowl week. But folks, thanks for tuning in uh, for today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, at Locked on Irish. Subscribe and review. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoy listening to the show. And then, lastly, folks, if you're looking for something else to tune in to, head on over to Locked On Today. Thanks for listening, folks. We will talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your day.